0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Acknowledgement Podcast. We have a very special guest here with us today. It is uh, my younger sister. I was about to say my little sister, but she's a grown woman now. So,
1: like I can say, my little
0: sister, <laughs> my <laughs> younger sister, Eleanor Short. How you doing? I'm good. Big brother. I, I call her Youngin, so that might slip out every now and again. And I call him Beak. So yeah. That might slip so out. that might slip out. So. I don't say Eric. <laughs> So, um, I think I explained to you this whole podcast thing. It's a long, windy road. I need a small violin so I can (laughs) play my theme music. But um, the initial idea for the podcast was to highlight, and this is my tagline, you know, exceptional black men doing extraordinary things in the community. But as I was working it, it kind of came to me, which was obvious, not like it had to be a big punch in the nose, but we all have black women in our lives because we all have a mother. (laughs) So (laughs) you can't really talk about black men without talking about black women. And I like to hear from people what their experiences were with black men, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it be challenging and how they overcame those challenges or any particular life lessons or positive experiences they've garnered from those relationships so um one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you because obviously we share a mother but we have different fathers and when I met your father he was basically marrying my mother I think uh, we moved into his house I think I was seven or six maybe yeah I think I was six mm-hmm. when we moved in and you were yeah that's right you were born when I was seven so my relationship with him had its ups and downs but I wanted to hear from you as being his blood daughter um his name was Ernest Short um What was your experience? What things did you learn from him? And how did those things translate into the awesome person, mother, sister, advocate (laughs) that you are now?
2: Gotcha. Um, So thank you for asking me to be a part of this with you. I'm nervous and all the things, but I'm, I'm just feeling like I'm talking to my brother and not nice. yeah, talking to him. Exactly. <laughs> um so my dad, um, Ernest Cleveland short is a very I've come to know him as a very complex human, as we all are. We all have layers, we all have flaws, we all have experiences that led up to who we are. Um, and there's so much more about him that I wish I did know. Mm. Like, there's so many gaps that I have yet to ever be able to fill in. Right. Um, but in terms of early life, you know, as a little girl, I, there probably wasn't anybody more spoiled as a child than me, <laughs> if I'm telling the <laughs> truth. Like, yeah, my daddy thought I put the sun in the sky. I thought he put the sun in the sky. Right. And everybody else would just get yeah, yeah, in wherever they got in. y'all
0: were super close. And I y'all have, super you know vivid
2: close. memories of that. And then of course mm-hmm. I had lots of pictures to to back it up. Right. But I remember just being happy mm-hmm. and spoiled. <laughs> it's literally <it>. Like spoiled. <laughs> um, and not even necessarily materialistically, but it was nah. just like if I said I won't boom. Then I had. Like legally
0: split yeah yeah no
2: hesitation no hesitation yeah well then I wouldn't it didn't even matter what it was right um like I remember being held a lot picked up a lot like played with sitting on his lab running around outside I remember all of that right um and then and so that was till like about age seven because I think around age seven was when mom and dad started splitting up somewhere in there Mm-hmm. Yeah, somewhere in there. Um, and so it's, it's, it's strange because I try to remember, and I've even had somebody ask me this. I don't remember any lessons he taught me mm-hmm. from the age, up to age seven. Right. I don't know what lessons you teach a seven-year-old. Right. But it's hard to remember any tangible things that he taught me. It's hard to even remember the sound of his voice. Mm-hmm. But I remember the feeling yeah. of the daddy's little girl feeling. Right. Like, right. I've, I've never forgotten what that felt like, mm-hmm. um, which I think is huge. Like, I, I, I wish I had lessons, Right. but I feel like mama taught me, mama taught us mm-hmm. the tangible lessons. Right. But daddy gave me an experience of really truly being loved as right. a child. Right. Mama was more of the practical, provide the things, hold you accountable. Daddy was just like, We just gonna play. I'm just gonna love you. <laughs> we just gonna play. We gonna whatever. Right. Which I'm sure frustrated Mama. I'm sure, it I'm sure did. there was fallout on the right, back here. Right, right. Um, but I didn't feel that. Right. So, right. Um, and jump in and ask me any questions because I'll just be talking. No, this is good. This is good. Um, uh, And so then at age seven, when they split up of course the dynamic changed a little bit because now there was custody and visitation and schedules and you know pickup times and drop off times right. none of which he respected mm-hmm. and I can remember being aware probably around around the age 9 or 10, I remember starting to be aware of the fact of, like, he's not following the rules okay. that the court put in place. Like, I'm supposed to be home by 745. Mm. Why are we getting home at 830? Right. Um, and, you know, I just started to, I remember starting to have an awareness of, like, this is not really respectful towards Mama. Um. And I may have even asked her a few times, like, why are you let him do this? Mm-hmm. And I'll, but, well, so let me back up. But I also remember feeling like it don't matter. My daddy can bring me home whenever he want to. Right. I can remember a shift. Mm-hmm. Um, and me starting to look at him a little differently. Once I realized like, oh, nah, this ain't how this is supposed to go down. And maybe that came from hearing mama be frustrated or seeing her be angry or hearing them argue about it, but I remember starting to feel like, okay, there's a way this is supposed to happen and it's not happening that way. Didn't see, didn't feel it as a manipulation of me Mm -hmm. at that time, but I definitely started to pay attention that, nah, we we ain't doing this the way it's supposed to go. Right. Um,
0: So at that at that point of discernment, where it started to resonate with you, do you make a connection in that time period of your life to how it may have affected your relationships in general and your personal relationships specifically?
2: With him, my
0: relationship with him? Anybody after that.
2: So now I can Mm -hmm. with a whole lot of Work. <laughs> right. yeah. I can start to see a lot of ways the patterns play out in my adult life, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely didn't didn't realize it then. But right. I but I can realize it now. Yeah, for
0: sure. I, I think there's lessons in that too, because I know for me, like I said, one of the things that brought this this whole interview with you up was you know, I had to do a lot of like you said work. I had to do a lot of work because my relationship with him was hot and cold, and and some of the work I had to do and still do on a, not as much, but you know, just for maintenance sake, it was like, okay, I did learn a lot from him. Like number one, he put money in my pocket because he taught me how to cut grass. And as a, you know, I don't even know how old I was, but a preteen or early teen to have money in your pocket, that was big. You know, and uh, I was able to do yard work, rake leaves, cut grass based strictly off his tutelage, guidance, leadership, whatever you call it. And that gave me a serious sense of independence, maybe even too much. You know, if you ask mama, because I was I was probably the most renegade of our <laughs> child, of our children. Right. But um, it really empowered me to be like, oh, it's number one, it's a big world out here. I'm seeing stuff i never seen before on 106 Hollins Drive. Mm-hmm. And number two, um, I can do things. So it just gave me a sense of confidence and empowerment. And even though I took that and built on it, he set the foundation. So what I tried to do in my work, don't be angry, don't be frustrated, don't be, why me? Look at what you learned. You know, look at what i learned in that situation even though it may, have, may not have been ideal but that was my script you know that was how obviously that's how god had it planned out for me mm-hmm. so in your discernment that's why i asked about your relationships after that as you matured it's like okay even in seeing some of the inaccuracies on inequities or inconsistencies did that translate into something different for you?
2: Yeah, like you have to... You have to figure out... As a as a woman who grows up without a father...
0: Because you were how old when he passed?
2: Eleven.
0: You were eleven years old when he passed away. He passed this,
2: away suddenly.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. And this was like your ace. This was like... Yes. Yeah. Every day. Y'all were and super tight.
2: The court order was... Like I said, he wouldn't necessarily follow with the court but he was—he picked me up from every day after school. I was at his house every other weekend, right? Three weekend, three weeks in the summer, right? And I can't remember what the Christmas holiday rotation was, but I was over there all the time, right? Basically, (laughs) Um, and he passed very unexpectedly. He was—he was was leaving his home to come pick me up from school and had a heart attack in the driveway. Oh wow! Um, Mm. And so. To go from this daddy little girl idealized relationship to Dawn. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Excuse me. Dawn immediately was huge. Yeah. And her mother, bless her heart, <laughs> was not one for the processing of the emotions. Right. <laughs> so I I, should have probably immediately been in counseling, I should have definitely had some grief support, but I didn't have that, so it was just like, he's gone and we're gonna figure out how to live a regular life. Um, So as a girl without a father, I think a lot of women who grow up without fathers have to figure out what the word daddy issues means to them, Mm -hmm. Um, and so I wasn't somebody who had never known their father, which creates a certain dynamic Mm -hmm. for some women, I was somebody who didn't know her father and then she was gone. I mean, then he was gone, I'm sorry. Um, and it took maturing, and I and I mean, I'm still processing it. I'm still learning it right. and, and seeing patterns that came from both watching my parents' relationship and their dynamics to also losing my protector mm-hmm. in a way or yeah. having to get a new protector. Right. Um, that definitely shows up in, or has shown up in relationships in terms of like just poor boundaries, um, the personality of the person that you choose to deal with, um, self-esteem issues. Like, yeah, it's definitely, definitely played out in a lot of ways.
0: And you mentioned grief counseling, but um, you've actually explored therapy Mm -hmm. as an adult Mm -hmm. to help you navigate that History, the past, and um, I actually haven't personally gone through like clinical or professional therapy, but in my study of it, it, it seems like it's uh, it's a process of acceptance, and then a process of like I was saying before, trying to find some level of appreciation for it, because ultimately that tapestry is what made you you, and. Um, you know, I had a, a mentor of mine share with me. It was, it was talking about my experience growing up, but it was kind of like a, a general broad stroke also. But it was like, you know, when you go through something difficult or traumatic, a lot of times it opens up compassion in you. You
1: know,
0: <laughs> because you know, if you if you grew up hungry and, and you didn't have a lot of food, and then you get to a point where okay, my 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 food is stable or my income is set or I'm in a different I'm in a different financial position than I was growing up you know the first thing you want to do is go to the homeless shelter or Mm -hmm. mentor kids who who may be dealing with food scarcity you know Mm -hmm. so when she said that it really was like wow you know um, because I I had had a situation where I was just kind of Questioning some things seemed like I, it was a lot of things I was doing and I wasn't really seeing like the eye-to-eye benefit like the one-to-one correlation And a lot of times it's not, you know <laughs> Like just because you help somebody doesn't necessarily mean they appreciate you helping them That's, you know, that's none of your business, number mm-hmm. one You know, don't get so high on your horse like, oh no uh-uh. mm-hmm. If you see a need to help, just help, to help and keep it moving <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Right. So that was a lesson that I, that I learned but also wrapped up in that was the difficulties we go through in life. If we look at them the right way, we can see how that pressure turns something in us into a diamond that then could shine for other people that may need it in the journey. So, you know, that is like the. I would say that's like the—that's my slogan or my tagline when it comes to my relationship with your father. And I really got to a point where I really appreciated him. That's work. You that's, know, I'm proud of you. <laughs> and it was
2: because we we went through some stuff yeah, in that house. Yeah, we saw some crazy things.
0: Yeah. yeah. But we made it through, you know? Mm-hmm. And, he, and even though it wasn't free of scars, I know for a fact that I'm very sensitive to a family dynamic. Mm-hmm. When I see another family being challenged mm-hmm. or some type of mental, physical, psychical, spiritual abuse going mm-hmm. on, my ears perk up. <laughs> so I'm like, mm-hmm. Wait a second, <laughs> you know, <laughs> especially with children involved. Mm-hmm. So uh, I appreciate that experience now, and you know, we we acknowledge that he has since passed away. But I I visualize his spirit being at rest because whatever challenges he was going through. Mm-hmm. He may not have had the resources, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, Mm -hmm. to course correct Mm -hmm. and a lot of times those resources aren't available to a lot of people. Sometimes the resources is as simple as having somebody you can call to talk to. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Not clinically trained, not, you know, in a formal setting, just somebody you can talk to about a challenge. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what his well, his network
2: was and that's kind of what i mean by like the gaps that i wish i could fill in because right. he was 53 when i was born wow or 52 when he i was, was 52 born. when you were born when i was born so you know his his young adult life yeah was not right. within my reach because i was so yeah, I was young exactly. um and he had a previous marriage and had children previously um and he was the think he's like the second or third youngest of his siblings mm-hmm. um so born in 1925 wow. in eastern north carolina mm-hmm. he did go to college he graduated from ante. Mm-hmm. he went on to become an agriculture extension agent right who was you know well loved in the community yeah sounds like he did a lot to help people yeah but just like knowing what his childhood was like what his traumas were like don't know any of that and all of his siblings are now deceased and I don't have really any contact with anybody on that side of the family so trying to figure out again what like you're saying what was his foundation that contributed to how he showed up right I don't I don't know right I wish I knew it's one of the things that I really wish I knew Um, because like I had not even said to mama like some of the traumas that we experienced or it, it's sometimes interesting to me how normalized that was because right. <laughs> if I was on the outside looking in, or if I was yeah. talking to a child now that was yeah. going through some of the stuff we went through, yeah. I'd be like, What is going on? Yeah. Call the people, social call services, people. <laughs> right? Anybody got the house, call people, exactly, right? But it'd be like, Oh, he's just in the OB leaving again, right. like, Oh, I'm walking out and I don't need to put my shoes on. Mm. Oh, okay. and just out of respect for mama, I won't go into major details, but some of the stuff we went through. Was crazy. Yeah, and was so far, just TV type normal. stuff. And yeah, then, like yeah. the next day, we just go to school. Mama, yep. Mama going to choir practice. Do your homework. Do your homework. Right. <laughs>
0: like, Make up your bed. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Um.
2: Yeah. Like when I'm taking car to school now, I drive down Hawkins Road every day. Right. the number of times. <laughs> we was we walking, walking on that road yeah, at and night just how <laughs> trauma becomes normalized <laughs> right. for children yeah and you don't know mm. but the traumas in your body yeah it's showing up it's impacting how you're showing up to people right like seventh and eighth grade i was horrible yeah. i i was still the good girl in and like, i'm still gonna get the grades right because i gotta go home to no one nail. right but attitude anger yeah physical violence, mm-hmm. like the boyfriend I had in 7th 8th grade, I used to hit him all the time, scratch mm-hmm. him all the time. I needed an intervention right. through 7th and 8th grade. I tried threat threatened suicide. Mm-hmm. Mama found out about that and was more mad at me right. for the embarrassment of it than listening to what the what, what the issue was. Right. I just lost my daddy. Right. I just right. lost my daddy after living in a household that was traumatic throughout my childhood, and we didn't talk about that because we don't know we need to be talking about right. it.
1: Right,
2: right. So adult me can look back at that and be like, "Yo, that is wild. How one we survived it? Number two, how trauma is just it's in ourselves and mm-hmm. in our being, um, and it definitely impacts like how I parent Kari right now. Like, mm-hmm. there were so many things I wanted to make sure she." never saw, yeah. never Garry's experienced, Cari's my daughter. Yeah. She's How 15? old is she now? 15. 15, yeah. Um. And so it's just like, oh well, no, nah, she's not gonna see that or she's not gonna have that or she's not gonna know about that mm-hmm. because like I said, outside looking in, that was, we, we were not safe. Mm-hmm. We were not in a safe environment. Yeah. Even though I can call out great memories with him, I can call out great memories with you, like I stay, I stay stuck up under you all the time when I was a little girl until he would intervene. Right. Like we had a lot of fun, we laughed, music, like just so many positive memories in this setting that was just extremely not good. Right. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just crazy to be in that dichotomy of experiences mm-hmm. and have survived them. Mm-hmm. Right. And not only survive, but like but thrive and like done well right. in a lot of areas. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, right. and and it kind of correlates to a lot of the work you do. Um, I know you work for one of the major dialysis centers in the in the country, mm-hmm. uh, but you also do some work with foster children.
2: So I've done adoptions. adoption. Adoption done okay. adoptions, um, both helping families who are seeking mm-hmm. to adopt do their kind of initial paperwork, home screening, um, that type of thing. Um, and so I've never thought about there being a connection between the two, but I have definitely said to adoptive families before, because you know, they'll clean up the house, right. do the white glove test. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I come in and I'm like, look, it's not, you don't have to do yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you can show me you have a heart for a child. Right. And there's not any glaring concerns mm-hmm. about your relationship and your family dynamics, like, you, you're gonna be approved. Right, <laughs> right. You're gonna be approved. Yeah. Um, because there are lots of kids out here that need, need love and need homes. and.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's basically, you basically have two part-time jobs. I mean, two full-time jobs, I'm sorry, two full-time jobs.
2: Yeah, and then if you add in my doula stuff I was doing, and that's... <laughs> That's another job. I haven't yeah. been doing it as much because of COVID. But, right. Um, yeah. And you're a
0: certified doula.
2: I am trained. Trained. I, I didn't. Okay. I didn't finish my certification. Okay. Um, but I'm trained. I can definitely. You've do actually. That at
0: work. You've 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 off those services. There's it, babies out here where you were a doula? <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There are. Yeah, okay. There are some baby was there do. Okay. If I had, you know, didn't have to worry about money and could do anything, that's that what would I would do full time. Right. Like, yes. Yeah. So, so rewarding that yeah. just being present for the birth experience is Yeah, yeah. A beautiful thing.
0: I mean, to me, that that's just to hear that journey, you know, because when you told me about the um, the adoption work, I didn't. I knew you were doing something, <laughs> but I wasn't really clean. That's I think.
2: Yeah, doing?
0: I remember at one time I just asked you, "I was like, what is it that you do? Like, What is it?" And you broke it down to me. What are you doing? And I'm saying, and you and you running a dialysis center. You're like, yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm studying to be a doula. I'm like, oh, so not that it was bad, but to me, like I was saying before, you know. All of the drama that we went through, (laughs) you know, it got you, it prepared you to be able to hold that baby, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: to be one of the first ones to hold that baby, Mm -hmm. those babies, Mm -hmm. with the love, with the care, with the concern that that baby is
1: due,
0: Mm to try to set them up for success in life. Since they're here, let's get it. Let's, 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 let's run till we can't run no more. <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> and a lot of that's from mama. Like, mama's like one of the hardest. I know we're talking about men, but Mama's mm-hmm. the hardest working person. Absolutely. We will ever know. Yeah.
0: Like, no, no, no doubt. I mean,
2: Winnell, no doubt. Without words. Yeah. When taught us. No doubt. Y- you, you better get it for yourself. Right. Yeah. And not depend. Right. On nobody.
0: Thank yeah. The
2: what she taught us without saying, without giving us the words to mm-hmm. it, the example that she said, mm-hmm. I think taught all three of us to have a certain approach at life. Right.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah. So, definitely, like I said, we send. Uh, we send peace. To the spirit of Ernest Cleveland Short. Complex <laughs> man. Um, 11 years old when he passed, 7th, mm-hmm. 8th grade, tumultuous, mm-hmm. up and down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Were there any other men in your life as you grew older that had a significant influence on you, A black men mm-hmm. in particular, had a significant influence on you? in terms of your matriculation through high school, college, and on into your career?
2: Mm -hmm. Definitely, for sure. Um, and like, no particular order of importance, but can't, can't not mention Uncle Layman. Like, not a (laughs) single one of us. Father present, father not present, whatever the dynamic is. Whatever. You in his bloodline. Yeah. If you in his married bloodline. Right you can't speak about influence without mentioning Lina Manuel Brown. Exactly. Um,
0: Uncle Lina was um, our mother's younger brother. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, he, he was the type that like you didn't want him to find out letting you had done <laughs> he walk in the room you just start crying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I'm sorry. You don't even know what he there for. Right. <laughs> Yeah. um and that just that's just pure respect like it wasn't yeah. fear it's and just straight, straight up respect straight up. for yeah. how he just presents himself into yeah. the world you know yeah. he was there to you know reinforce mama's lessons to us mm-hmm. reinforce mama's discipline to us yeah and was um, consistent And was consistent yes um <laughs> as i got older there were so many times when he was saying you know, you can just call me and talk to me, right? right. I'm not just your uncle, I'm your friend. I'm yeah. like, I can't tell you nothing. Right. I'm not calling you. <laughs> Cause again, yeah. just respect. Yeah, like I, that, I don't even have words. Yeah. He's just, he just leaving. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we all just love and regard him so highly. Absolutely. Yeah. For just being who, who he is. Who he is. <laughs> like he gonna, he gonna smack you with the Bible a little right, bit. Right. Um. 'Cause he's a pastor. Right. But he's just a good man. He's a good person. Solid. Just a good person. So him for sure. Yeah. Um and then, you know, like I said, I've been above you since I could walk. (laughs) I don't count. (laughs) You do. Like you do. Like the the amount of time that I spent Especially when you came back home after Ant, mm. like, I lived in the basement with you. Mama would be like, let your yeah, brother go to bed." <laughs> and we would just be down there listening to music. Like I learned so much about music from you, dance, just laughing, talking. Like you always just kind of let me be me. I love the sister was more of the like. <laughs> 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 She's like, "You ain't supposed to be doing this." To me? Like, if I was going to get in trouble and I had to tell one of y'all, I'm right. not telling me, Nita because Nita's going to tell mama right. immediately. Right, right. If I was right. going to tell you, you might have figured out a way for me to kind of get it, get yeah. away with it or and something.
0: If, 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 you, if mama needed to be told, I was going to go with you. you. going to go with I'm going to go with Very you. Very much true. We've done that before. We have done that before. <laughs> mama, we need to talk mama, to
2: you. Yes. When mama <laughs> tried to put me out the house when I take the trash out. You were like, well go ask her, can you stay? I was like, I asked her nothing. I'm not staying, she don't want me to be here, I ain't staying. You went and asked her if I can stay. Even though I didn't take the trash out. So yeah, so like can't discount. And still and I'm 44 and will still be like, well, my big brother said. (laughs) My brother said. (laughs) 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 Still just have the utmost respect for my brother. My brother is coming home, my brother's in the road, like My brother, and I know lots of people are like that about their brothers, but I'm my brother. So can't discount my, our relationship whatsoever. I appreciate that. Um, and then gotta mention, and I almost didn't, I almost forgot this one. Gotta mention Coach Steele.
0: Oh, oh, Coach Steele. That man Man. got
2: gray hair in his head because of me.
0: Coach
2: (laughs) Steele. He got some gray hairs because of me.
0: Man, Coach Steele was, what was he, t- he was mainly Ooh. a track coach, but he, he did more we than did track. He did track and football. Track and football, yeah. Um, Unfortunately, I i, I was not coached by him directly, um, but you were.
2: So I was the scorekeeper for the track team. Gotcha. You okay. know, I didn't run nothing. Well, you basically, <laughs> if you the
0: scorekeeper, you're on the team, so, yeah.
2: And he was my history teacher. Okay. Who I stress that man yeah, <laughs> Coach
0: Steele was amazing. Yeah.
2: He gave me a lot of the daddy correction, not right. just me, again. No, like that's us, him. A lot of us are saying his name yeah, and making a list. That's him.
0: That's how he got right. down. He be seriously.
2: Miss short. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear that. Right. I, wanna, I need to see you in my classroom, please. Right. Oh, God. What did I do now? <laughs> right, right. So, yes, sir, Coach Steele. Yeah. Love, still him. Was Love him. Um, and then the other name I would say is Mr. Gilmore.
0: Man. Yes. Solid. Bryce Steve Gilmore. Solid. Solid and consistent. All those people you named, that, those two things can be labeled, attached to them. Solid, you can trust them, and consistent. They give you the same thing, the same way, every time. You only gotta wonder where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Those those are the four,
0: like main ones.
2: You know, day to day, consistent. Of course, I have tons of other right. uncles and cousins, and you know, relationships. But yeah, yeah. In terms of like. Father figure energy or father figure presence. Right. Those other ones. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you mentioned um, Kari, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. What is she, a sophomore now? Mm-hmm. In high school. Um, finding her way. <laughs> uh, 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 is not she though? Finding <laughs> her way, <laughs> personality all the way out mm-hmm. you know she's not trying to figure it out she knows who she is mm-hmm. yes. what she likes what she doesn't yeah, like
2: her confidence like I, yeah 15 year old annora right admires 15 year old i don't understand and i should understand because i raised her mm-hmm. but the the confidence that devil little girl has yeah man i couldn't yeah I even it's next close level close to
0: that it's next level come she? She's technically a trained dancer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I call her a dancing athlete because oh, those yeah. jumps that they do, Oh yeah. I'm like, whoa, that's amazing. And um, you're basically raising her yourself, mm-hmm. single mother. Mm-hmm. What are your visions for her as she grows and starts looking at relationships, family, what type of, what things have you instilled in her in terms of how to look for a possible future me? Mm -hmm.
2: So she, she's interesting. (laughs) Like I'm having, I'm having to instill a lot in her because she is, she's between her confidence and her own like anger issues, daddy issues. Right now she's at the I don't need nobody. I'm not gonna have nobody. I'm gonna be by my son. She's at that place. So I'm trying to get her to be open to the idea of um, marriage and long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she's developed her own concept of boundaries and standards. You know, what she will tolerate, what Mm -hmm. she won't tolerate. She got a real short leash. Mm -hmm. She ain't too much on the multiple chances. (laughs) right 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 you mess up up one time it's Mm -hmm. it's a wrap right which is you got to have boundaries but you also got to give people grace because people are complex right people are complex (laughs) um and because she doesn't have siblings that she has a relationship with you know i worry so much about her being alone Mm -hmm. after
0: i go to the class she obviously came back with a Crew, she got about fifty <laughs> new friends. She does. i mean, like, give me a pad and pencil, so write all these names down. What was your name again? I know. Okay, who are your parents? She has okay. A oh my she God. She does have a community, and I'm thankful for it. And I hope yes. she maintains
2: relationships like that for mm-hmm. a long term. But mm-hmm. you know, I want her to be okay if she is alone. Right. But I also want her to be able to develop a healthy relationship where she's, you know, I all the main things respected, yeah. loved. Seen, right. honored, valued, right. and that she just one where she doesn't have to change herself yeah. either. Right. Like I want her to be able to always be or authentically Kari mm-hmm. and not have to change that for whoever she's with. Right. Um. And it's, it's hard. Yeah. Sometimes in the conversations we have, our approaches to relationships and just people—not necessarily romantic relationships—but just people are so very different. Gotcha. Like she has. some some boundaries in place that I don't have in place. Okay. <laughs> she'll teach she teaches me stuff hmm. um, and I'm like again I I raised you so okay. I should have I should know where you got this from <laughs> <laughs> unless you just came from God like this yeah. I don't know yeah. um, so I mean I, I think I think she'll be alright. I don't okay. see her making a lot of mistakes right. in terms of relationships Yeah, but I don't want her to become so hard. Right that she can't be open to. Inflexible. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. That's the only thing I worry about.
0: Yeah. Well, I definitely appreciate your time sharing a little bit of your experience. I hope that people that listen to this are able to garner the fact that life is complex. We all have challenges. Nobody's immune from the challenges. I think the rub is what we do with the challenges, what decisions we make on who we want to be, how we want to show up to the world, and if we show up in a spirit of helping others process their process, then our experiences, good, bad, or indifferent, are only there to help shape and mold us, so that we can be of a better resource to those that come across our path so we acknowledge you Yani <laughs> and short appreciate you coming on to the podcast thank you for having me and um, drop your comments and uh, subscribe Be tired. yeah <laughs> 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 where um, our initial focus was black men but every now and again we have to open up the platform to our our mothers our sisters our black women for that balance so peace and blessings